Father, I thank you that you love us with a never-ending love, that you love us so much, Father, that your love goes beyond what we can even comprehend. And so, Lord, we just come to you today with expectation. Father, we, we come to you and we ask you to open our spiritual eyes that we would see you with greater clarity this morning, that you would open our ears to hear your small, still voice speaking to our hearts. Father, most importantly, that you would open our hearts to receive everything that you have for us this morning, that we would walk away changed because we've had another encounter with you. And Lord God, you have done something in our lives, that you've done something in our midst. And so, Father, we give you praise and glory and honor and thanks, and we ask all these things with expectation in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Warrior Youth, you guys are welcome to go back. I want to thank you for braving the rain. Did anybody have to paddle in? Ariana said she almost had to. Well, great. Well, thank you for being here this morning. We're so glad you're here, and it's great to see you. You're looking good. I hope your new year is starting off well. I just want to thank Ariana for uh, seeking the Lord and, and praying and preparing for this morning's praise and worship, and she actually used a scripture that I'm going to be teaching on this morning. So, uh, you know, I love that when the Lord does something special and, and when you realize that there's a connection there and uh, that there's a continuity in what the Lord wants to do. So I think that's awesome. We're continuing in the series. Actually, we're going to be wrapping up the series, Ready, Set, Go. And if you've missed any of these sermons, um, you can go to your, your phone app. Uh, have you downloaded the phone app? Everybody downloaded the phone app? All right, great. You can go to the phone app, or you can go to the website, lifefellowship.me, and uh, get caught up if you miss some of these sermons. Um, because the goal is that we really prepare ourselves at the beginning of the year. This is a fresh start, a fresh year for us. So let's, let's be prepared and let's seek Him. And so I want to kind of uh, just touch on some things that I've talked about the last couple of weeks, just sort of a real quick review. Uh, to be ready, ready, set, go. To be ready is to know what the goal is. And Many of you know the story about how Life Fellowship got started, but I want to kind of use that as a, an example of how God has spoken to us, how he's spoken to me. Now, what God is speaking to you for this year is going to be different than the person next to you or me probably, but this is, these are some examples. Regarding Life Fellowship, the Lord began to speak to me about seven years ago about starting a church. And uh, we, in the past, Christine and I have been like general contractors in the house of God. We've done all kinds of things in children's ministry, student ministry, singles ministry, college and career, all kinds of different things. And so the Lord has taken those things and uh, those uh, experiences that we've had to make us a more rounded Christian and to help train us and equip us. And, you know, frankly, I was, I was fine with serving under another senior pastor. We've done that all of our life until God called us to start Life Fellowship. And I was good with that. Fine uh, playing drums on a praise and worship team and just doing whatever. And as God would open up doors for us to be involved in these different ministries, man, we'd jump in and we'd go full force 100 miles an hour. And I love that. But this morning, I want you to consider something. And this is a question I want you to consider. What is God saying to you? What is God saying to you right now for 2015? What is he calling you to? And as we continue to seek him and really yield our life to him, he will begin to reveal to us those things. So going through this series and uh, through this sermon, ready, to be ready is to know what the goal is, 
And then the second part of that is to be ready is to understand the goal. As the Lord began to birth Life Fellowship Ministries International, which is the uh, overarching umbrella that Life Fellowship is under, a, a pillar under that umbrella, the Lord began to share with me and show me that that he's calling Life Fellowship Ministries International to a local ministry, a regional ministry, and a global ministry. God has a huge plan for us. And as, as Ariana read in, in Ephesians 3.20, it's beyond what we could infinitely think or imagine. God has a huge plan for this church and really for this, this ministry. And Life Fellowship, the church, is the first pillar under this umbrella of Life Fellowship Ministries International. And there could be Life Fellowship Publishing as we begin to write and record our own music, uh, as, as we begin to write books, those kinds of things. I don't know what all those things look like. What I do know is that the Lord said, I've called you to, to birth this ministry, and I've given you a huge vision and a huge plan. And what I want you to do is go build a foundation. Go build Life Fellowship the Church because that will be the springboard from which all these other things will flow forth. And so that's what we're doing. And so as I begin to understand God's goal, as I receive God's goal, and then I begin to understand, that helped me to put things in focus. The third part of that, and what I talked about a couple of weeks ago, is to, know, to be ready is to know what the goal is, to understand the goal, and then to embrace the goal. Because I could have said, all right, God, I understand the goal. I, I received the goal. I understand what you're saying, and I understand that. But I don't, I don't want any part of this. I don't want to embrace this goal that you have for me. And as I mentioned earlier, I, I would have been fine just playing on praise and worship teams. And just doing whatever the Lord opened up, serving in full-time ministry as a volunteer. In fact, one of the churches we were at, I, I worked in research and development, many of you know. And I would put in my 40, 45 hours a week there. And then we would go to the church and put in another 40, 45 hours a week. But you know what? It was not a burden. It was a joy to go and serve the Lord. And, and uh, God used Christine and I to put together a whole children's ministry at this church. And it wasn't just developing the curriculum but it was actually transforming the building to look like a sea village. And it, it was really exciting. There were hundreds, maybe even thousands of children that came through that ministry over the course of the years. And it helped draw them in to the Lord. It, it provided a fertile, healthy environment for, for them to grow and to understand about God and the things of God. And so it was our joy and pleasure. And God has given me some concepts and ideas about ministry but those things are applicable to any church that would be open. I mean, there are things that they're just implementing the principles of God. And so God has given me some things, and he, he said, this is what I want you to implement at Life Fellowship. Now, through this process, God has called Christine and I into vocational ministry, full-time ministry, uh, as we birthed this. But, but let, me, let me bunny trail her for a second. By the way, we're all in full-time ministry, Okay. You don't have to be a pastor. You're in full-time ministry where you are, where you're planted. If you're driving a bus, if you're teaching a class, if you're working in the plants, whatever you're doing, you're called to full-time ministry as a Christian. And so are you embracing that? The Word says that God will give us more when we do what He's asked us to do. Why should He give us more if we're not faithful in the small things? He says that if you're faithful in the small things, then I'm going to give you more. And that's what I've seen in my life is that as I'm faithful with the things the Lord has given me, then he opens up more, and he opens up more, and he opens up more. 
And so it's a process. We talk about spiritual growth and maturity is a lifelong process where we yield our life to God and God begins to do something in our life. And then God continues to do something in our life. And then God continues to transform our life. And God continues to move us and, and shake us and shake some stuff out of us sometimes. Does anybody need some stuff shaken out of you sometimes? We all do. But we're all called a full-time ministry. You have an influence with people, in a sphere of influence with the people you work with or your neighbors that nobody else has. Because nobody else has your quirky little personality. You know what I'm saying? We all have our, our own little quirks. But, you know, that's how we build relationships. And whatever that looks like. And so it's a good thing that we're all individuals. Man, I thank God that we're not all like me. Man, boy. And, and I'm, I'm thankful that we're all unique and that God has created us unique and given us personalities and giftings and callings and all those kinds of things that he can use to impact the lost and dying world. Because the influence that you have and the relationships that you have with those people in your sphere of influence, you have a, a inroads into them that's going to look different than my relationship with them would be. So you understand? God has placed people in our lives and God has placed us in people's lives so that we can... Share the love of Christ with them. So we all have a full-time ministry. And the Lord called us to this work. And I think most of you know this. There is no plan B for us. This is it. There is no plan B. And uh, I remember when, when I began to share what the Lord was sharing with me, uh, with Christine. And she's like, no way. No way. I don't want any part of that. Planning a church, pioneering a church. Mm-mm. I know what that requires. And I said, well, you need to pray about it. And she said probably the, the second most favorite three-word phrase that I love to hear from her. I love to hear, I love you. But she said, you're right. You are right. You are right in this. I'm like, what? Excuse me? What was Yeah, because I don't get to hear that very often. I'm like, what? When she says, you're right, I'm like, oh, I want to hear that again. But she began to pray, and we began to seek the Lord and uh, just really find comfort in that. And uh, she said, one of the things she said, well, you know, there's no retirement now. I'm like, well, I guess not. When we die, that's when we retire. But I really don't see retirement in the Bible anyway. I mean, we just moved to another phase, right? So uh, we counted the cost. We said, okay, look, this is going to require something of us. It's going to require really everything. It's going to require. We counted the cost. But we knew in order to be obedient to the Lord that we had to do this. I mean, you know what I'm saying? We didn't have to do it, but we did have to do it. And so we, we said, uh, Lord, we embrace you. We embrace this goal. We em- embrace your plan for our life because we want to walk in the fullness of life that you came to give. And I don't want to miss anything because I'm hung up on, well, you know, what about the finances? I've got this good job. I'm making good money. You know, I don't want to get caught up on that. I, I trust God. And so when he calls us, That's part of it is, are we trusting him to step out in faith? These were not plans that I had drawn up 20 years ago and and just began to implement. This is something that the Lord placed on the table about seven years ago. But you know what? We said, we're willing to go. Send me, God. We're willing. We're willing to put aside our plans and our desires to follow you. All that to say, we need to be flexible with the Lord. Because sometimes he will take us to a place, and then he's like, okay, now I'm ready to promote you. And you're like, whoa, whoa, wait, wait, where are you taking me here, Lord? God has great plans for you. We've, we've talked about this in Romans 12 too. What are his plans for you? Good and pleasing and perfect. 
So if you believe that, then you're going to stand firm and you're going to hold on to the things of God. You're going to trust God. So to get ready is to know what the goal is, to understand the goal, and to embrace the goal. To get set. I talked about that last week, and I just want to rip through that real quickly. To be set is to have a plan. Once we knew the goal, we prayed for God's plan to be put in place. When God began to speak to me about starting Line Fellowship, one of my first question is, God, why do you need another church? There are probably 50 churches in a five-mile radius. Why do you need another church, God? I mean, really. And, and so the Lord didn't say anything else to me after that. He just let that resonate within me. Have you ever had those conversations with God where he, he'll put some, plant a seed there? He'll ask you a question. It's not because he needs to know the answer. He wants to plant a seed in your heart. And so I began to pray, and I said, God, what is the mission? What is the purpose of Life Fellowship? And so you guys know the mission statement. The mission statement of Life Fellowship is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. And so he says, I'm calling you to build a people, to pour into them, and teach them the word. Actually, the, word, the Lord began to tell me, he said, people are looking for the truth and deeper spiritual truths. And then the words Life Fellowship came to me. And he said, Jesus came to bring life, abundant life. And so God began to plant some seeds in me, and he began to put some things in place. And so he gave me the mission statement. I said, okay, God, what are the core values? Like I'm going to trip him up, right? And so he began to give me the core values. Love, you, you guys remember, love, prayer, obedience, humility, teachability, unity, and service. Okay, so we're to be teachable, we're to be able to be taught the things of God, but also we're able to go and teach others. Paul says that, he says, listen, you need to be able to share what you've learned. Jesus said that too. He said in Matthew 28, go and teach these new disciples all that I've taught you and know that I'll be with you till the end of, end of the age. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. So Jesus has called us to not just get saved, but to go and make disciples. And so we're all about making disciples that we would grow, that we would be taught, but also that we would have the ability to teach others. Um, the other thing I asked the Lord, I said, okay, well, what's the core scripture you want us to have? And he gave me Ephesians 4, 11 through 13, and many of you know the scripture. And these are the what? The gifts Christ gave to the church. It was enough that, that Christ died on the cross, but he gives us even more gifts. He says, listen, not only am I taking all your sins on the cross, if that's not gift enough, I'm going to give you some more. And it is gift enough. So let me be clear about that. But he said, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. Apostles, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher for what? Their responsibility is to equip God's people, equip the saints to do his work and what? Build up the body of Christ. Why? This will continue until we come into unity of our faith that we're all in one accord with him, with his word, and knowledge of God's son, Jesus, that what? We will become mature in the Lord. We will become mature believers, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. That's God's heart and desire. Not that we just get saved, but we grow up. And that we yield our life to God. And that he can work through our lives in a powerful, powerful way. And I begin to ask him, I said, okay, so you've given us a plan. We're getting set, all right, like, a, like a, a, a runner in the race. We're getting set. On your mark, get set. Okay, the second part is to prepare. And I said, well, Lord, how do you want us to prepare for this? This is a huge vision that you've given us. This is overwhelming. And so we spent lots of time in prayer and fasting. 
we begin to do some things, okay? Listen, if, when we know that God is calling us to do something, it's going to require some action. You can't just sit on the beach and drink Kool-Aid. I mean, you need to do something. So we begin to, uh, we applied and received, applied for and received our 501c3, our tax-exempt status. We begin to set up an office at our home. We begin to prepare our home for weekly services. We begin to do something, stepping out, because we knew that God was calling us to do this. So the third part of this to get set, uh, have a plan, prepare, and then have an expectation. We have an expectation that we will grow. And so we began looking for a building. And a year later, we ended up in this building. And uh, then uh, last year, a year and a half ago, we leased the building behind us. And I believe, and this is stepping out in faith, but I believe the Lord has told me we're going to grow to thousands. Wow. I, you know, only he can do that. But you know what? I'm just crazy enough to believe him. Because I know my Heavenly Father. I know He can do it. He does, for th he does things for us that we cannot do for ourselves. He forgives us of our sins. He releases us from the bondages of hell. He sets us free. Have you ever tried to extricate yourself and you can't? Jesus can. And so I trust Him. We began saving as much money as we could. We've been blessed uh, fi financially. Christine and I have been blessed. So I didn't have to take a salary for, all, for eight or nine months. And and God continued to provide for us and continued to provide for the church. And then we get to the next step. So ready, set, go. What does go look like? To go is to trust God and step out in faith. Let's look at the, one of the biblical definitions of faith. Let's go to Hebrews 11.1. 1. And if you haven't read the book of Hebrews uh, or chapter 11, I encourage you to go back and read that. It's encouraging. It talks about the heroes of the faith. And none of those people were perfect. <laughs> some of them had some, some real challenges, unlike us today, right? So let's look at what faith is. 11.1, faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about the things we cannot see. It gives us assurance about the things we cannot see. I don't see how all of this is going to unfold, but I know already as a small church, we're impacting the world. We're, we're impacting people in other nations. We're impacting people in this community. We're impacting people regionally. God is only going to expand that as we grow. We need more of you to get involved and help. Come on, this is our church. And so I want to encourage you to be praying also, Lord, what do you have for me? I think I'm getting ahead of myself here. But let's go to Ephesians chapter 3, and we're going to be reading 16 through 21. And uh, Paul is writing to the early church in Ephesus here in, in this uh, letter to, uh, to the uh, Ephesians while he is in prison. He's in Rome, and he's in prison because he's been preaching about Jesus and so anyway, let's read on here. Uh, Ephesians 3, 16. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he, who, God, will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. God has unlimited resources. Do you know that? I mean, do you really know that? Do you know that experientially? Do you believe that? God has unlimited resources. And when we step out in faith, he, he will empower us. I think... Too many of us get into too much trouble because we try to do stuff on our own. 
I think the church in general tries to do stuff on their own without being empowered by the, the fullness of the power of the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us. Just think of everyone, every Christian would just follow the leading of the Holy Spirit and obey. Man, that would be awesome. But we get sidetracked because sometimes I don't think we fully believe and understand the Word of God. Not to the point that we really implement it into our lives. And so his resources are unlimited as we step out in faith. He, he empowers us. Um, ministry normally re requires greater inner strength than physical strength. Here, Paul is in prison and he's saying, he will empower you with inner strength, what? Through his Holy Spirit. I think Paul knows something about inner strength. He's in chains. He's in prison. And he's writing to the church of Ephesus. And he's saying, listen, I want to encourage you. God is able. God will give you strength. He will give you inner strength. This is not a guy living in a, 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 a castle somewhere with everything provided for him. He's in prison. Let's read on. In verse 17. As God empowers us with inner strength, verse 17, then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you what? Trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love, keeping you strong. So as we allow God to work in our lives, as our roots go down into God's love, it will keep us strong. Listen, you guys know about hurricanes, man. If, when, when that wind begins to blow, if those trees don't have roots that go down deep, they're going to fall over. They're going to be blown away. Stepping out in faith requires us to trust him. Do you trust him today? Listen, do you really trust him? Yes. I like that. Yes. Do you trust him? Yes. Amen. All right. As we develop deep roots, we grow in strength. Through God's love, he makes us strong. Have you ever seen a plant or a tree that had shallow roots and then the heat comes? Man, it will burn that tree up or that plant up because it's not getting the nutrition that it needs to get. Well, listen, guys, we need to get the spiritual nutrition to help us be strong. And so we need to commit our life to God. We need to yield to him. We need to allow him to work in our life. That's why I encourage you to come on Sunday morning. Come to Wednesday night Bible study. This Tuesday night, man, I want you here. Come because we're developing, we're maintaining, and we're modeling that relationship with the Lord. We're growing in him. And so the, the local body helps us to grow. That's why the local church is so vitally important, guys. You know, I've heard people say, well, I don't have to go to church to be saved. That's true. But I don't know one Christian that is not involved in a church and serving in a church that's growing, really, really growing. I've seen a lot of people get offended and walk away from the church and just wither away. I've seen that time after time after time. But listen, the people that I see that are vibrant, that are healthy, that have healthy homes, healthy marriages, Healthy lives are people that are plugged into the local church that are giving to God. And God is pouring back because there's a principle, give and it shall be given to you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. So whatever that principle is, as we're giving our life to God, God is giving us more life. God is filling us up. God is doing something in our hearts. God is changing us. God is restoring us. God is healing us. He's reaching into the deep recesses of our woundedness and pulling that stuff up and backfilling it with his love. 
So as we are plugged into God and we have deep roots, we will receive the spiritual nutrition that we need to grow. Let's look at verse 18. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love is. Paul is saying that all Christians should be able to have some understanding of the depth of God's love. He says, may you, let's read this again, and may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how deep, how wide his love is. And we talk about that a lot. Uh, Ephesians 2, 8, we're saved by grace through faith when we believe not of our works because we, we still seem to get sucked into this vortex of performing. Am I the only one? Come on. You know, we just, the world is so performance-oriented, and it says, listen, if you perform, you get a raise, you, you get to keep your job, you, you have to jump through all these hoops, and God says, listen, I've provided it all. You don't have to jump through anything. You just have to receive it. And as we do that, God begins to transform our life and infuse us with his love. May God give us the power and strength to understand. This Greek word to understand means to comprehend, to seize, to hold tightly to, to capture, to arrest. Have you ever seen somebody arrested? If you've been arrested, don't raise your hand. Have you ever seen somebody arrested? What happens? They're, they're captured, right? Uh, to appropriate, to grasp in a forceful manner, to make it your own. We are transformed when we realize how, how big God's love is. And may you have the power to understand, to comprehend, to seize, to hold tightly to, to capture, to arrest, to appropriate, to grasp in a forceful manner, to make it your own. To understand how big God's love is for you. No matter what we've done. No matter where we've been. No matter how many stinking times we've blown it. God's love is greater. His love and mercy is greater than our sin. How wide do you think God's love is? How long do you think God's love is? To the end of the street, if you were to walk out here, would you look and say, ah, oh, it's down there. It's all the way down there. I was looking on a map. Uh, as I was thinking about this, and, and uh, we, Kima is on, uh, if you go look, look at a globe, you know how it has the latitude that goes around, around the, uh, the globe. Um, we're on almost exactly on latitude uh, 30 degrees north. And uh, I was just looking at the map because I have this flat map on my wall. And so I was just looking at it and I was saying, well, I wonder, you know, if, if we were to stand here and look both directions or, or if we could look all the way around the world, where would this go? Wh what would this look like? And, you know, when you look at a map, Israel's about that big, right? Do you know that we're on the same latitude as Israel? I don't know what that means. I, you know, I'm sure somebody can come up with something really spiritual. I, I couldn't really come up with anything. But I thought it was really interesting. But, but the point I really want to make is, is that God's love is deep. It's wide. It's long. And so as we look this way, it goes all the way around Israel and comes right back around. God's love is infinite. And I don't think that we can really comprehend. In fact, let's read on in verse 19. I think God's love exceeds our ability to understand it. Verse 19 says, May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. 
Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and the power that comes from God. Then you will be made complete. Let me put it this way. God is doing something in my life. He, well, he's always doing something in my life. He, I have a lot of work that needs to be done in my life. But over the last few months, especially, God has been taking me and stretching me. My capacity was like this, and he wants it to be as big as this room, I think. And it's uncomfortable. But God has more that he wants to pour into my life. And so I'm not able to receive it all if I only have a limited capacity. And so God wants to do that in all of our lives. May you experience the love of Christ, though it's too great to fully understand. Okay, you, we really can't grasp it. But Paul goes on to say, then you will, whatever you can grasp... And I think the more that we grasp, the greater capacity that we have, we can have that capacity expanded. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. When we are able to get a glimpse of his great love, it's enough to give us fullness of life and supernatural power. Maybe some of us it looks like this, and then maybe some of us are getting a broader view, and a broader, broader view, and a broader understanding of God's love. With this understanding, we comprehend, we hold tightly to, we capture, we arrest, we appropriate, we grasp in a forceful manner as we make God's love our own. And God begins to pour into us. It defeats our insecurities. It breaks the shackles of pride. God's love sets people free. That's why Christ came to die on the cross to set us free. Not just those people sitting in churches today, but all of us who will receive. Let's go to Ephesians 3.20. Now all glory to God who is able through what? His mighty power, what? At work within us. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Infinitely more than we might ask or think. His mighty power, which is at work in us, enables us. It empowers us to accomplish much more than we thought was even possible. When I begin to think about the vision and what God has called us to, to do, it's a huge vision. But you know what? I'm just focused on what God has us doing right now. Because I know that He will empower us. He will bring these things to pass because it's in his power, not in ours, not in mine. Verse 21, glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Through all generations. And so you know this, if you've been coming here for a while, that we were very intent and in pouring into our children, preparing them. I'm so excited to see them growing in the things of God. And as they get to elementary school, and then they get to junior high and senior high, we're pouring into them so that they can walk in the fullness of life right now, and they can impact their peers. They are the future. And so we want to prepare them as best we can. When we step out in faith, we are confident in God that we can take action. Come on, man. We need to get this. We need to take action. Ephesians 3.20 again. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. And I've shared this with you before. One day the Lord 
said, look at the mat. He said, what do you want? I said, I don't know, God. I, would, I wouldn't even want to ask because I may ask too small. Is that your heart? Do you allow God to give you big dreams? Do you realize that God has more for you than you probably even ever thought of? Ready, set, go. To go is to trust God to step out in faith. The second, my second point this morning is to go is to take action. Wait a minute. This great thing that God has placed on my heart can be accomplished through his mighty power? Yes. Yes. Think about, I want you to stop and think about something, maybe a dream that you've had. Let's take a second and think about something that maybe you've had a desire to do. And then multiply that like a thousand times. Now you're starting to get the idea of God's great plan and desire for you and for us. It's more than we would even know how to ask or think. You know, when it comes to technology, well, there's a saying, you don't know what you don't know. And when it comes to technology, there's a lot of stuff I have no idea about. But listen, I'm, I'm willing to learn. I'm willing to implement those things. Whatever we can do technology-wise to take those to the world, to impact the world around us, man, I'm all in. Let's go. God has given us a huge vision to impact the world. And so let's do that. Let's take every tool that, that we have available to us. Let's take some action. I can access God's power in my life to do abundantly more than I could ask or think. And when we begin to strip off that, that messed up thinking and begin to allow God to give us his heart, his vision, his purpose for our life. Listen, guys, it's huge. So what are you praying for? Are you praying for little bitty goals? Why not pray for God to give you some supersized, God-sized dreams? Why not? Come on. What are you, scared? Come on. I dare you. Pray for God to give you some supersized, huge dreams, some God-sized dreams that there's no way, no way you can do it on your own without him. Come on. Let's read on in, in chapter 4 in Ephesians. Keep in mind, Paul is writing from prison. And when we read the scriptures, we have uh, chapters and we have verses. Listen, these were just one long letter. It was a consistent letter. So let's read on what uh, Paul says in, in chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore I, he's still in, in prison, therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Live a life worthy of the calling. Listen, when God began to promote us in ministry in different levels, God began to change my life. God began to say, no, you can't do that anymore. No, you shouldn't do that anymore. And uh, when there was a time now when I did drink a lot. But uh, over, the, over the past 10 or 12 years, God really, maybe more than that, God really began to work in my life about drinking. And before we started Life Fellowship, he said, you need to stop. Stop. No drinking, no wine, no glass of wine, no beer, nothing. And I said, okay, God, I can put it down. And so as we begin to walk in the calling that God has called us to, it's going to require something of us. Let's live the big life that God has called us to. Don't settle. Don't compromise. Let's take hold of God's calling and live with passion. God has called you to be an ambassador for him. Do you realize that? That's what he says in his word. If I'm an ambassador for Christ, am I representing him? Am I representing him well? 
Am I representing, am I walking like an ambassador? What is an ambassador? An ambassador represents a country. Imagine that the president of the United States comes to you and he says, listen, I want you to be an ambassador to this other country. Wow, you'd be thinking, man, that's a pretty, pretty heavy responsibility because I'm going to this country and I'm representing my home country. And so we are ambassadors for God's kingdom. Are we walking like an ambassador for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? When people look at us, are they saying, oh, well, you must be a Christian. You must be a follower of Christ because I see you walking like it. I think back to a story a number of years ago. Actually, when, when it looked like that we may be moving to the Houston area, uh, I got transferred up here from Corpus Christi. We were talking about it, and, and uh, I called my pastor and said, Pastor, I need to... I'd like to meet with you and, and talk with you. There's something that's come up in our life, and we'd just like to get your counsel and wisdom on this. We set up a time to have dinner together, and I, I called the restaurant. It was a, a, a really good restaurant, and uh, I didn't think that they would be too crowded, but I thought, well, let me go ahead and call ahead and set up some reservations. So I called the restaurant, and I said, uh, I'd like to set up a reservation for three. I want you to really take care of us. We have an ambassador with us because... Actually, we're all ambassadors of Christ, right? So if you know Pastor Don, he has this deep voice. Yes. Hi, I'm Pastor Don. And so anyway, we walk into this restaurant, and these people are like standing here like this. They're expecting an ambassador to come in. And Pastor Don, being that rascal he is, he talks in that, that deep voice, and he kind of throws in like an African accent, you know? <laughs> and we had so much fun with that. But you know, what I realized is that Hey, we, we walked in, you know, hey, yeah, we're ambassadors, yeah, we're ambassadors for Christ. And you know what? Those people responded. They were like, oh, the, we have an ambassador here. We have somebody really important. Well, we're, we're ambassadors for the kingdom of God. So are we walking like it? Are we talking like it? I don't know what that would sound like, but, but hey, listen, come on, man. When we understand that we're ambassadors for Christ... We have a little bit taller walk, a little more spring in our step, a little more swagger, a little more confidence, not in ourselves, but walking in the authority, the dominion, the power that Christ has given to us. Amen. So let's walk as ambassadors. This is also, let's read on and, uh, well, actually, let me go to Ephesians 6.20. This is what, now keep in mind, this is still in Ephesians, so Paul's still in prison. But he's saying in Ephesians 6.20, I am in chains now, still preaching this message as God's ambassador. So pray that I will keep on speaking boldly for him as I should. He's saying, God, help me to continue to speak boldly for him even in prison. Listen, his position did not change because his circumstances did. His position did not change. His position in Christ did not change because he was in prison. He was still an ambassador for Christ. Come on. So wherever we are, we need to walk as ambassadors of Christ. Let's go to verse 2. Always be humble. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Let's look at the scripture backwards. As we're filled with the love of God, as we're filled with the things of God, we begin to make allowances for other people's fault. Do you ever need some allowance in your life? 
I know you do. Some of you, I know you. We all do. Come on. We all need for grace. Uh, he says, be patient with each other. So as we're filled with the love of God, we begin to exhibit more patience. We begin to be more humble and gentle. Listen, God, everything that I have, everything that I have comes from you, Lord. And I realize that, and I thank you. I thank you. Verse 3, make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. That's one of our core values is unity, that we're moving together in the spirit of God, that we're so connected to him. Uh, I think one of, one of our biggest problems as humans is that we're selfish. I want it my way. I don't like the color of the carpet. I don't like the color of the shirt. So what? It's not about you. It's about him. Come on. Or, or, can we grow up? Can we grow up and be mature and looking like Christ and realizing there's a, lot, a, a world of lost people around us that need Jesus? They don't care about the color of the chair. Come on. They need some healing in their life. They need some Jesus in their life. They need some hope in their life to understand that God can take their broken, messed up lives and fix them. And maybe God wants to use you in a greater measure if you're willing let me rephrase that. I think God is probably wanting to use all of us in a greater measure as we yield our life to him. He's given us opportunities to change a world around us. Do we care? Are we embracing that? Are we willing to yield our life to him? Or is it still all about me? Is it still all about us and what I want? Are we sold out to God? Or do you have a plan B, C, D, E? Come on. Let's be sold out to him. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. My three points this morning are to go is to trust God and step out in faith. To go is to take action. To go is to commit to his plan and live it. Because if we're not committed, have you ever had those cycles in your life where you're just going up and down, where you, you're, you know, you're not really committed to the Lord or whatever that may be? And so as we commit to him, he begins to download into us. I want to go to one, one more set of, of scriptures in Deuteronomy 30, 19 and 20. And you guys that have been here for a while are very familiar with this passage of scripture. Moses is encouraging the people as they're preparing to go into the promised land. He's saying, listen, don't. Don't intermarry with these other tribes because they worship these pagan gods and, and you'll get sucked into that and you'll turn away from me and, and follow the commandments and live right, uh, you know, seek me, uh, stay connected to me. So in Deuteronomy 30 verse 19, Moses is saying, today I've given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Today you have the choice between life and death, blessings and curses. And I think that's, that's true for us today. Come on, listen. We have the choice. We can choose life and death or blessings and curses. And he goes on to say in that verse, he says, Now I call on heaven and on earth to witness the choice. Who makes? You make. I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Hey, angels. Hey, heavenly hosts. Look at these guys. Let's see what choice they're making. And he says, oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. Maybe you've come from a broken family, or maybe you've come from a, a family that's very dysfunctional. 
Did your parents, did their mess up lives, did that have any impact on you? Of course it did. Of course it did. Consequently, have you come from a godly home where you have, your parents had a good marriage? They were faithful to one another. They were faithful to the Lord. Uh, you know, I was fortunate that I grew up in a family like that. And how I ended up like this, I'm not sure. But, uh, but anyway, you know, that has an impact. All seriousness aside, I know that the, the Lord has always had his hand on me. I know that. I've grown up knowing that. And when I wandered away, I knew where to come back to. But there are people that don't know because they've never, they've never seen it. They've never been taught. They didn't grow up in a Christian home. I was fortunate that I knew where to come back to. Today, I've given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now, I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. Verse 20. You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God and obeying him and committing yourself firmly to him. This is the key to your life. Love God. Obey God. Commit firmly to God. This is the key to your life. It's not that hard, guys. We said yes to God's plans for us. We said, Lord, send us. We may not be your first choice, but Lord, you know what? We're willing to go in. We're willing to allow you to bend us, to mold us and shape us, fix our broken lives and use us however you choose, God. Yes, Lord, send us. And we made the choice to commit. We said, Lord, we will go. So my final question to you this morning is, what's your answer? What is your response to God? To go is to trust God and step out in faith. To go is to take action. To go is to commit his plan and to live it. The first step in that is to give our life to God, to get serious about our relationship with him. I'd like for you to bow your heads and close your eyes. This morning, if the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, you know that. Come on. You don't have to fight against that. If God is calling you back to him, if, if maybe you've walked away from the Lord and you want to renew that relationship or maybe you never had a relationship with him, you know if God is speaking to your heart, there's no shame in that. The shame would be to walk out of this building this morning and not receive everything that he has for you. So would you just yield to the Lord if that's you? Would you slip up your hand? I just want to pray with you. Anybody here this morning? God's speaking to you. God loves you so very, very much. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you would continue to download into our lives and speak to us. Speak to us, God. Fill us to overflowing with your love. Because your love and our relationship with you is, is greater than anything that you might accomplish through our lives. It's your desire for us that we're in a deep, intimate relationship with you. So, Father, I pray that you would continue to work in our lives, work in our hearts. In Jesus' name. We're going to take a couple of minutes, and Ariana's going to lead us in some worship. And, and I just want you to take some time and say, God, what is, what is it you want to say to me? Continue to speak to me. What is it through this message that you have for me? And if you want prayer, I'll be up here. I would love to pray with you. If you have something uh, going on in your life and you want prayer, I'll be here to pray with you. If, if not, just lock into him. Just Get into his presence right now and just let him wash over you.
Father. Lord God, I, I just pray that we would grasp the reality of your great love for us and your great plans for us, Lord, that they are more than we could ever even ask or think. And Lord, we choose this day. We choose life. We choose blessings. And we choose to love you. We choose to commit to you. We choose to obey you. And we choose to walk in the fullness of life. We choose to walk as ambassadors of Christ, of the kingdom that we represent, God's kingdom. And so, Lord, I pray that you would fill us with the power and the fire of your Holy Spirit, that wherever we go, we are, we are empowered by your Spirit to handle the situations there, to lead people to the Lord, to pray with them for their needs. And when we pray, God, we pray with expectation. When we pray for someone that's sick, Father, we're praying and believing that you will miraculously heal them because we know you can do it. And so, Father, we're coming into alignment with your word, and we're praying with expectation. We're praying that you will continue to, to work in our communities, that you will draw the people in Kima, Seabrook, Leak City, Baycliffe, San Leon, all these areas that you will draw them into a relationship with you. And we yield ourselves to you to allow you to work through our lives to do as you please. And we pray all these things in the all-powerful and the almighty name of Jesus, who is worthy of our praise and who is able to accomplish more through our lives than we could ever ask or think. In Jesus' name. Kirsten came up. Well ago, and she said, I choose life, I choose blessings. I want to I want us all to declare that. Repeat this. I choose life. I choose life. I choose blessings. I choose blessings. In Jesus' name. Jesus. Amen. All right. Thank you for being here. Be here next Sunday with great expectation, okay? Bring your friends and neighbors. We'll see you Tuesday, men. We'll see you Wednesday night for Bible study. We'll see you on Sunday morning. Go out and live it. Make a difference in your world. Amen. Amen. You're dismissed.